Mercy Brock here with another Diane Palmer book. It's spelled C-O-N-N-A-L, so I'm going to call it Connell. 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 Uh, I might just say CC. <laughs> it's easier. Oh, but yeah. It is also book six in the Long Tall Texan series. So it's actually about reading Connell, chapter one by Diane Palmer. Because of the date, Penelope, Penelope knew she wouldn't find him at the bar. That was where he usually was at the hour of the day. And any other time, C.C. Tremaine was always two steps ahead of his men in feeding the animals, especially with the drought that had turned the grass brown and brittle these past few weeks. The drought had been a, back, a bad break for her father, even with the Rio Grande only a few miles away. Water was a precious commodity, and wells kept going dry, leaving the tanks they filled empty. West Texas was usually hot in mid-September, but the wind was up and it was unseasonably cold this evening. Penelope had worn a jacket outside, and now she was glad she had. She shivered a little in the late afternoon chill. It was just beginning to get dark, and Penelope knew that if she didn't get to Cece before her father did, it was going to mean another nasty quarrel. Ben, Math ben Mathers, Matthews, and his foreman had been at each other's throats enough in recent weeks, and Penelope didn't want any more arguments. Her father always got bad-tempered when money was tight. Things couldn't be much worse right now. Cece was drinking. She knew it. It was that time of year again. Only Penelope knew the importance of the day in September in Cece's life. She once nursed him through a flu and a raging delirium, and he told her everything. She didn't let on to that. She knew, of course. Cece, he was called that, although nobody knew what the initials stood for, didn't like anyone knowing private things about him, not even the girl who loved him more than life. He didn't love Penelope. He never had, although she worshipped him since she was 19 and he'd been hired as foreman when her father's oldest hand had retired. It had only taken one long look at the least lean, dark-haired, dark-eyed man with the hawkish features and unsmiling face for her to fall madly in love with him. It was three years later and her emotions hadn't undergone any changes. Probably they never would. Penelope Matthews was pretty stubborn. Even her dad said so. She grimaced when she saw the light on in the bunkhouse and it was not even dark. The other men were out riding herd because calving was in full swing and everybody was in a mean temper during cabbing. Met long hours and a little sleep and it wasn't normal for any of the men to be in the bunkhouse at this hour of the day. That meant it had to be Cece and he had to be drinking. And liquor was one thing Ben Matthews wasn't about to tolerate on his ranch. Not even when it was being abused by a man he liked and respected. She brushed back her light reddish brown hair and nibbled on her lower lip. She had very long, wavy hair and a ponytail, and it was tied with a velvet ribbon that just matched her pale brown eyes. She wasn't a pretty girl, but she had a nice figure, even if it was a little on the plump side. Not overweight, just rounded. 
so that she filled out her jeans nicely. Her hair was almost red gold when the sun hit it, and she had a line of freckles over her straight nose. The little work, she could have been lovely, but she was a tomboy. She could ride anything and shoot as well as her father. Sometimes she wished she looked like Edie, the wealthy divorcee Cece dated frequently. Edie was a dish, all blonde and blue-eyed and bristled with sophistication. She seemed an odd choice for a range foreman, but Penelope tried not to think about it. In her mind, she knew the reason Cece dated Edie, and it hurt. She paused at the door of the bunkhouse and rubbed nervously at her jeans, tugging her nylon jacket closer against the cold wind. She knocked. It was a hard to go away. She knew the curt, uncompromising tone inside was going to be a long day. Her gloved hand pushed open the door, and she stepped into the warmth of the big common room where bunks lined the wall. At the far end was a kitchen arrangement where the men could have meals cooked. Nobody stayed here much. Most of the men were married and had homes on the ranch except Cece. But during Roundup and Calving, the new men who we hired on temporarily stayed here. This year, there were six, and they filled the building to capacity, but they'd been gone within a week, and Cece would have the bunkhouse to himself again. Cece was leaning back in a chair, his mud-caked boots crossed on the table, his hat cooked, cocked over one dark eye, hiding most of his dusted streaked dark hair, his lean hands wrapped around a whiskey glass, tilted the hat back, peered at Penelope with mocking dersurgeon, and jerked it down again. What the hell do you want? He asked in his character. To save your miserable skin if I can, she returned. In equal cutting tones, she slammed the door, skinned off the coat to reveal the fluffy white sweater underneath, and went straight to the kitchen to make a pot of coffee. He watched her with disinterested eye. Saving me again, Peppy. He laughed mockingly, using the nickname that everyone called Wolf for. I'm dying of love for you, she muttered as she filled the coffee pot. It was the truth, but she made it sound like an outrageous lie. He took it that way, too, laughing even though I'm sure you are. And he said he threw down the rest of the contents of his glass and reached for the whiskey bottle. Peppy was faster. She grabbed it away, something she never had managed if he'd been sober, and drained it into the sink before he could stagger for some. Damn you, girl, he said harshly, staring at them. That was the last I had. Good. I won't have to tear the place apart looking for the rest. Sit down and I'll make you some coffee. It will get you on your feet before Dad finds you, she mumbled. She plunged in the pot. <sighs> she plugged in the pot. Oh, Cece, she went. He's combing the hills for you right now. You know what he'll do if he finds you like this. But he won't, really, honey. He chimed. Coming up all too close behind her to take her shoulders and draw her back against the warm strength of his limb body. He'll protect me like always. Someday I won't be in time, she sighed. And then what will become of you? He tilted her worried eyes up to his. And a little shudder. And little shudders ran through her body. He'd never touched her except in amusement or at a dance. Her heart had fed just on her heart had fed just on the side of him. From a distance, he was very potent this close, and she had to drop her eyes to his lean cheeks to keep him from knowing that. Nobody ever gave a damn except you, he murmured. I don't know that I like being mothered by a girl half my age. I'm not half your age. <sighs> Where are the cups? She asked quietly, trying to divert him. He wasn't buying it. His lean fingers brushed back, loose strands of her hair, making her nerves sit up. How old are you now? You know very well I'm 22, she said. She had to keep her voice steady. 
She looked up deliberately to show him that he wasn't affecting her, but the smoldering expression in those black eyes caught her impression. 22 to my 30. And a damn young 22, he said to her. Why do you bother with me? You're not set around here. Surely you know how close we were. Bankruptcy when we when you got hired. She asked him, that owes a lot to your business sense, but he still hates liquor. Why? My mother died in an automobile accident the year before you came here, she said. My father had been drinking and he was behind the wheel at the time. She tugged against his disturbing hands and he let her go. She looked through the cabinets and found a white mug that wasn't broken or chipped. She put it down on the coffee, down by the coffee pot and filled it. And then she took it to Cece, who had sat down and was rubbing his head while his, with his lean hands up there. It hurt, yes. Not nearly enough, he said ignominiously. Took the mug and sipped the thick black liquid he glared at. What in the hell did you put in here? An old boot? <laughs> Twice the usual measure. That's all. She assured him as she sat down beside It will sober you up quicker. I don't want to be sober, he said. I know that, but I don't want you to get fired. She returned, smiling perfectly when he him. You're the only person on this place except that who doesn't treat me like a lost cause. He studied her smooth features. Soft dark eyes. Well, I guess that makes us two of a kind then, because you're the first person in years who gave a damn about me. Not the only one, she corrected, smiling in spite of her feelings as she had it. Edie cares too. He shrugged and smiled. I guess she does. We understand each other, Edie and I. He murmured quietly, his eyes both far away. Look, she's one of a kind. In bed, she probably was, Peppy thought. But she couldn't give herself away by saying so. She got up and brought the coffee pot. Here you go, pal, she said gently. The vigilantes aren't far away. A little more steady now, he said after he finished the second book. On the outside, anyway. He lit a cigarette and blew out a thick cloud of smoke, leaning back really in the God, I hate days like this. She couldn't admit that she knew why without incriminating herself, but she remembered well enough what he said and the way he screamed when the memory came back in a nightmare delirium. Ah! Poor man. Ah! Poor tortured man lost his wife and his unborn child on a white rafting trip that he would had the misfortune to survive as near as she could tell he blamed himself for that ever since the living and they didn't i guess we all have good ones and bad ones she said non-communicable if you're okay i'll get back to my cooking dad reminded me that he's due an apple pie i've been baking half the afternoon you're a domestic little thing aren't you he asked strangely, searching her. There's Brandon coming to see you tonight. She blushed without knowing why. Brandon is the vet. She said to him, You're not my boyfriend. You could use a boyfriend, said Bit. He said unexpectedly, his eyes narrowing, his frown deepening as he figured, fingered the empty mug. You're a woman now. You need more than companionship from a man. I know what I need. Thanks, she replied, rising. You better stick your head in a bucket or something and see if you can get. That bloodshot look out of your eyes, and if heaven's sake, swallows some empty mouthwash. He's like, anything else, Mother Matthews? He asked sarcastically. Yes, stop getting drunk. It only makes things worse. He stared over curious. You're so wise, aren't you, Peppy? He asked. You haven't lived long enough to know why people do. I've lived long enough to know that nobody ever solved the problem by running away from it. She returned, glaring back when his eyes started. 
started flashing black fire. And don't start growling either, because it's the truth and you know it. You spent years living in the past, letting it haunt you. Well, I don't pretend to know why, she said quickly when he began to eye her suspiciously. But I know a haunted man when I see one. You might try living in the present, Cece. It's not so bad, even at calving time. And just think, you have Roundup to look forward to. She had her with a wicked grin. See you. She started out the door without her jacket, so nervous that she'd given herself away that she hardly missed it until the wind hit Here, you'll freeze, he said suddenly, and came toward her with the jacket in his hand. Put this on. Unexpectedly, he held it for her and didn't let go, even when she was encased in it. He held her back against his chest, both lean hands pouring through the sleeves of the coat, his chin on the top of her head. Don't bruise your heart on me, Peppy. He said quietly, with such tenderness in his deep voice that her eyes closed instinctively at the time. I don't have anything left to give you. You're my friend, Cece, she said to her kid. I hope I'm yours, that's all. His hands contracted for a minute. His chest rose and fell. Good, he said then. Good. I'm glad that's all there is to it. I wouldn't want to hurt you. She opened the door and glanced back. Pushing a smile to her lips, even though he just destroyed all of them. Try some of Charlie's chili peppers next time you feel like a bit. She meant the top, the top of your head will come off just as fast, but you won't have a hangover from it. Get out of here, he grumbled, glaring at it. If I see Dad, I'll tell him you're getting a snack before you feed the livestock. She returned, grinning. She closed the door quickly, and she heard him curse. Her father was already home when she got there. He glared at her from the living room, her mirror image, except for his masculinity and white hair. Where have you been? He demanded, out counting sheep, she said innocent. Sheep, there were one black one named C.C. The person, well, she was a peppy. If I ever catch him with a bottle, he's thrown, he's third here. No matter how good a foreman he is, he said to me, he knows the rules. He was making himself a snack in the bunkhouse, she said. I just put my head in and asked if he'd like some of my, excuse me, your apple pie. He's crumpled, it's my pie, I'm not sharing it. I made two, she said quickly. You old reproach. You've never fired CC. You shot yourself first. You shoot yourself first, and we both know it. Say we pride and say you'll fire him if it makes you feel better. She told him as he stripped off the jacket. He finished lighting his pipe and glanced at Wear your heart out on him, you know, he said after a minute. Yes, I know. He's not what he seems, he continued. She turned, I him. What do you mean? You tell me. He stared at the window where snow was touching the paint under the outside light. He drove in here without a pass at all. No references, no papers. I gave him a job on the strength of my instinct and his very evident ability with animals and figures. But he's no more a line-riding cowboy than I am a baker. He's elegant, C.C. is, and he knows business in an uncommon way for a poor man. You mark my words, girl, there's more to him than what shows. He does seem out of place at times, she had to admit. She couldn't tell him the rest, that she knew why Cece was out on the ranch in the middle of nowhere. But even she hadn't learned from her involuntary eavesdropping during his delirium, why he'd left that shadowy past. He'd come for money, and he suffered a tragic loss. She knew that, and he was afraid to risk his heart again. That didn't stop Peppy from risking hers, though. It was far too late for any warning. How could... He could be anything, you know, he said quietly, even an escaped convict. I doubt that secret. He still wanted. Remember when you lost that $100 bill out in the barn? CC brought it to you? I've seen him go out of his way to help other cowboys. You were down on the luck. He's got a temper, but he isn't cruel with it. 
He growls and curses and the men get a little amused, but it's only when he's fighting mad that they run for the hills, and even then he's in complete control. He never seem he never seems to lose it. <laughs> I've noticed that. But a man in that kind of control all the time may have reason to mind. There are other men don't take chances. You old fakers, you're always pushing me at him. He's represents. I like him, but I can't afford to. You understand what I mean? She can, I guess so. Okay, I'll let Brandon take me to the movies. How about that? Brandon, what a consolation prize. He grumbled. The poor man's a clown. How he ever got through veterinary school was beyond me. With his sense of humor, he's the kind of man who would show a stuffed cow at a championship cattle show. My kind of man, all right, she said, fearing smile. He's uncomplicated. He's a wild man, he counted. I'll say, ma'am, she promised. Now, let me get these, those apple pies finished. Okay. Okay, but I'll take CC's to him. Yeah, Jen. I want to see for myself if he's eating. She stuck her tongue out at him and went to the kitchen, sighing her relief once she was out of sight. End of chapter one.